I'm Chris Goodwin with Goodwin Farms in Alvarado, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are winding down another week in Texas agriculture, and we've got another episode of Texas Ag Today ready to go. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, it's been a big week for the beef industry in Washington, D.C. We had two big hearings, the Senate Ag Committee on Tuesday, then the House Ag Committee on Wednesday, both holding hearings that affected the beef industry. We'll have more on how those hearings came out coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo paid a visit to the Hemphill County Beef Conference in Canadian Texas this week. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, you'll hear what Pompeo had to say about China. Texas farmers and ranchers are on Capitol Hill this week to meet with members of Congress to talk about important issues impacting agriculture. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have comments from one of the congressmen that the group met here on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas stays hot and windy. Wildfires are burning over a large portion of the rangeland. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The two big hearings affecting the beef industry have wrapped up in Washington, D.C. The Senate Ag Committee heard testimony on the cattle marketing reform bill, which would mandate a certain percentage of fed cattle be bought on the cash market. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley is one of the primary sponsors of that bill, and he says it has the backing of both parties on the committee. It does not include the ranking member, but it, so it'd be an equal number of Democrats and Republicans. That ranking member he referred to is Arkansas Senator John Bozeman. He commissioned a study by Texas A&M that was critical of the bill's regional pricing mandates. The cost of this shift away from the AMAs will cost cattle producers between $23 million and $249 million annually, depending on the, how the Secretary of Agriculture decides to implement the law over the five years analyzed by Texas A&M. Sean Tiffany, president-elect of the Kansas Livestock Association, testified in opposition to the bill. I'm opposed to these bills and ask the committee not advance either. The vast majority of cattle producers oppose government mandating a minimum level of negotiated trade. Both the National Cattlemen's Beef Association and the American Farm Bureau Federation have taken positions in opposition to the bill. Over on the other side of the Capitol, the House Agriculture Committee questioned the CEOs of the four major meatpacking companies. Texas Congressman Mike Cloud of Corpus Christi sits on that ag committee. 
the hearing went okay, I, I guess. There was um, still a lot of debate on what needs to happen. Definitely, when we look at the supply chain, there seems to be a bottleneck when it comes to packing. So there's obviously a, a gamut of solutions. Some, you know, anytime in government, there's there's always going to be somebody who thinks the solution is more government and that we need to come in and set prices or come up with some sort of, there's a lot of talk about price discovery mechanism. But then there's uh, the question of what can be done from a free market principle standpoint of expanding capacity so that there are either more options or more capacity uh, and therefore more competition. Cloud says the biggest surprise of the hearing was Cargill's admission that they're setting different pricing according to a farmer's race. Uh, yeah, apparently their you know, Target is one of their customers and Target is pushing a plan to where farmers of particular races get a different sort of pricing scheme. Uh, and Cargill has acquiesced to that. Uh, and so they were questioned on that and said it, it is indeed happening. It's apparently only happening with the cotton commodity is what they were saying. But that was that was probably the biggest surprise of the day. Texas Congressman Mike Cloud. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo visited the Texas Panhandle this week. James Hunt tells us the former Trump administration official discussed China at the Hemp Hill County Beef Conference. We all know China is a major purchaser of U.S. agricultural goods, but we also know that doesn't make China our friend. Or as former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo told beef producers in Canadian Texas, The Chinese Communist Party does present the single greatest external threat from outside of our country of any that we face today. At this week's Hemp Hill County Beef Conference, Pompeo said he sees potential in the future for China to assert its enormous power in the global market aggressively toward the United States. All we ask from China is that they treat us reciprocally. With a set of rules that give us the chance to compete, American manufacturing, American ranching, American agriculture producers across the board, just treat us fairly. Buy our products when they're competitive, sell us stuff on a fair, free basis. This, this is something that America knows how to do. We know how to compete and be efficient and deliver high quality products exactly where they're needed, exactly when they're needed. Uh, I think the Chinese Communist Party has a different vision for the world. And so I don't expect you'll see much in the next couple of years, but longer term, it is likely the case that the relationships that we have with the Chinese Communist Party, the commercial relationships, will change dramatically. And that won't be because of anything that the United States desired, but because Xi Jinping has made this choice that he truly does want to live in a world that is dominated by the Middle Kingdom, by his idea of the China dream. And that's not good for any of us who live in a Western democracy. On other matters, with speculation Pompeo might seek higher office in 2024, including perhaps the presidency, he said he'll wait until after this fall's elections before determining his future plans. The audio of Secretary Pompeo's remarks provided by Hemphill County, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas farmers and ranchers were in Washington, D.C. this week to visit with the Texas congressional delegation. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Farmers and ranchers representing the largest farm organization in the state, the Texas Farm Bureau, are in Washington, D.C. this week. There they are meeting with the Texas congressional delegation, including U.S. Representative Jody Arrington, who represents uh, West Texas and District 19. And uh, Congressman Arrington, thank you for being with us today. It's a pleasure to be with you. Congressman, what was your message to the agricultural producers? Well, first, just to thank you for their support, their engagement, and just helping members like me from ag districts champion the cause of our farmers and ranchers and 
we did a lot of good things in my first term on the last farm bill in 2018. I come from cotton country, and one of the most important things was to fix the hole in the Title I safety net. But we also worked on America First trade deals that uh, were helpful to producers across the country, not just West Texas, but for example, the dairy guys in the Midwest and Northeast. We talked about the largest purchase agreement with China and how important it is to enforce these trade deals and make sure we follow through. And we just talked about rural America and making sure that a strong, vibrant rural America means a, a stronger, more vibrant ag economy. A lot of good things we've done in the past, challenges and opportunities, certainly with out and fertilizer cost and other input costs. But at the end of the day, we've got to work together up here, which you don't see enough of, and really find the common ground that we need to get these ag policies in place that'll help us maintain our food security and ag independence, both of which are an issue of national security. That is Texas Congressman Jody Arrington joining us today from Washington, D.C. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Extreme South Texas is hot and windy. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas is still under a hot, windy, and dry weather pattern that really has no end in sight. Now, triple-digit temperatures are already here, much too early, but the temperatures are driving the humidities into the teens, even single digits, which is very unusual for our area. Now, winds have been gusting above 40 to 50 miles per hour, and this combination continues to spark wildfires across the general area. Now, the largest fire has been along the Hidalgo-Willisey County line that burned over 10,000 acres, and another near Rio Grande City and Star County burned about 2,000 acres. Burn bans remain in effect with no outside burning. We're also seeing Mexico start their annual fires to clear land for planting. Smoke is moving over the area from the from those fires, plus fires to the north of the valley. So in some days, the the dry conditions and sky conditions are pretty bad over the valley. Now, the hot weather has been very good for the onion harvest. The spring sweet onion harvest now is well underway. The crop is an excellent one. The dry weather has also helped the harvest of sugarcane and citrus. Citrus trees have finally woken up and are blooming. The bloom has been spectacular. Let's hope the valley is headed, though, for a good season ahead. Valley row crops, cotton, corn, and milo, well, they're all planted, and they're up, but the stands are kind of iffy. We do need a rain, and very soon, particularly for the dry land. The high winds have burned some of the new plants, nothing of critical nature yet, but Again, the windbreaks are letting the watermelon crops progress well. Vines are running, and with the current weather pattern, ample supplies of melons should be ready for the Memorial Day holiday. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. If you love fishing or Texas wildlife, a pair of events are coming up that might pique your interest. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details on both of those events coming up on Texas Ag Today. And sacroiliac disease does occur in horses, but it's not easy to diagnose. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Wildfires swept across central and west Texas in March, burning over 86,000 acres. 
Fires devoured pasture land and farmland, as well as livestock, homes, barns, and equipment. The Texas Farm Bureau West Texas Wildfire Relief Fund is ready to help. Farmers and ranchers with unreimbursed agricultural losses are encouraged to apply for assistance. Monetary contributions to the fund are also being accepted. Go to TexasFarmBureau.org to learn more. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Saccharelliac disease does occur in horses, but it's not easy to diagnose. Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at the disease. Saccharelliac disease causes pain and discomfort for the horse at the lowest part of the horse's back. Dr. Rob Van Wessem from Michigan indicates in the horse publication that symptoms of the disease are very diverse. However, all affected horses have one thing in common, and that is decreased movement of the sacroiliac region where the spine meets the pelvis. Dr. Van Wessem examined over 2,000 horses with and without sacroiliac disease and found six parameters that were useful to diagnose the syndrome. And it was shown that if three of these six parameters were found, it is likely the horse has sacroiliac disease. The first parameter was tracking narrow behind at a walk and is even more obvious at a trot. These horses seem to be walking on a high line as they place their hind feet in the same line in front of each other to stabilize their spine. Also, some of these horses will walk with the hind and forelimbs on the same side moving forward at the same time when walked in a serpentine pattern. It is believed this is due to increased tension and decreased spinal mobility. It's believed that horses with sacral pain have one hip that is kept slightly lower, resulting in slight bending to one side. This movement is mostly easily observed in a circle as the horse's hind limbs don't follow the same circle as the front limbs, and the hind limbs make a smaller circle. Some horses with sacroiliac disease will also hold their tail to one side only when walked in a serpentine course. Lots of these horses will also bunny hop by moving both back legs together at the canter. Sacroiliac pain causes reduced flexibility of the lower back, and this can be noted by a lack of response to scratching each hamstring with a pointed object like a closed ballpoint pen. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. If you love fishing or Texas wildlife, there are a couple of events coming up that you may want to check out. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. Texas Tech University's Quail Tech is offering kids the opportunity to learn more about quail, their predators, and habitat this weekend at Quailapalooza in Lubbock. Quailapalooza will be held from 1 to 3 p.m. Saturday at the National Ranching Heritage Center. Event organizers say that children ages 5 through 12 can see how scientists study quail. There will be hands-on educational presentations. Kids will be able to see live adult quail and chicks, observe a quail's nest and eggs, learn about what quail eat, see how scientists capture quail, and learn more about their predators. Quailapalooza is free to kids of Ranching Heritage Association members and is $5 per child for non-members. Space is limited. You can RSVP on the National Ranching Heritage Center's website, ranchingheritage.org. That's ranchingheritage.org. Again, that event is from 1 to 3 p.m. Saturday. Registration is also underway for CCA Texas Annual Star Tournament. STAR, which stands for State of Texas Anglers Rodeo, runs from Memorial Day to Labor Day. It is the annual membership recruitment drive for the Coastal Conservation Association in Texas. The tournament spans the entire Texas coast and offers anglers the opportunity to win boats, trucks, 
scholarships, gift cards, and all-terrain vehicles. Details are available at startournament.org. That is startournament.org. Anglers who register for the tournament by midnight Friday will be entered into drawings to win early bird prizes, which include a Dargo boat package, a Mercury motor, Sims essential gear bag, and more. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw a mixed trade in the cattle market on Thursday while cotton prices continue to skyrocket. We'll take a closer look at all of Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash. Like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau photo contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a mixed trade in the cattle futures market on Thursday. We ended up closing mixed. Live cattle mostly lower, feeder cattle mostly higher. April live cattle unchanged, 138.50. June down $1.12, 133.90. While August live cattle were down 67 cents, 136.35. April feeder cattle down 27 at 155.92. May feeders up 60 cents, 157.95 while August feeder cattle were up $1.45 at $170.40. Cash-fed cattle market about wrapped up for the week. We've seen most of our sales done. Most of our cattle here in the south selling for $140. That's steady money with last week. Boxed beef prices mixed. Choice up $0.74, cents, $262.65. Select down $44 at $251.88. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Where's my auctioneer? There's auctioneer Troy. Troy, get that calf sold for me. Make sure you get the bid right. And let's talk to Gary Butler. See how the bids and the asking prices went at Nixon on Monday. Gary, how'd it go? Wind up with 1,067, Larry. Uh, 147 cows, 17 bulls, two and three Wait, steers a dollar sixty-four to two fifteen. Heifers a dollar forty-six to two and a quarter. Three and four weight steers a dollar fifty-one to dollar ninety. Heifers a dollar forty to two twenty-five. Four and five weight steers a dollar fifty to a dollar ninety. Heifers a dollar thirty-eight to two forty. Five and six weight steers a dollar forty-six to dollar eighty-four. Heifers a dollar twenty-seven to dollar eighty-nine. Six and seven weight steers dollar thirty-six to a dollar sixty. Heifers a dollar twenty-one to a dollar sixty-three. Seven eight weight steers. 
steers and bull yearlings, a dollar thirty-two to a dollar fifty, and the heifer yearlings, a dollar ten to a dollar twenty-six. Slaughter uh, cows, we got eighty-six for the best cow. Uh, didn't have any real high yielding cows yesterday. Uh, slaughter bulls, dollar sixteen for the best bull. Uh, stocker cows, six fifty to eleven hundred, and we had a few pairs, eight hundred to thirteen seventy-five. Larry, catch any rain, Gary? It rained in spots, but uh, we didn't have it about four tenths here in uh, Nixon, but uh, around general uh, area, Yorktown, uh, down towards uh, Goliad, I think they had an inch and a half to two inches. So I imagine we'll have another thousand uh, head of cattle uh, Monday, Larry. Well, tell everybody how to contact you, please. You can catch us here at cell point 830-582-1561 or 62. Catch me on my mobile, 830-857-4330, Larry. Neighbor, that's Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. Lean hogs finished mixed on Thursday. May hogs down 20 cents at 103.97. June hogs up 62, 110.97. Class 3 milk was higher. April milk up 8 cents, 24.39 a hundredweight. May milk up 22 at 24.53 a hundred. A big jump once again in the cotton market on Thursday, two days in a row of limit-up trade on the July contract. Mills have gotten themselves into a fix right now. Their on-call positions require them to buy futures over the next 30 to 60 days, and they're having to buy a lot of contracts. Speculators know this. They're jumping into the market, pushing it higher as well. So at this point, we're going to see some big jumps in that July contract until this mill buying is over with. Seven cent move on Thursday on the July contract, up 700 points at 147.68. October cotton up 252 points at 130.75. December cotton up 261 points to close at an even dollar twenty-five. The corn market closed slightly higher. China in the market buying 1 million metric tons of U.S. corn. That helped support prices. May corn up a half penny at 8.16 a bushel. September corn up three, 7.69 and three quarters. The wheat market pressured by rain in the forecast for the southern plains. July Kansas City wheat down 12 and three quarters, 11.41 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat down five and a half. At 1085 and three quarters. In the energy markets, June natural gas dropped 38 cents, 695. June crude oil up 333 at 105.35 a barrel. The financial market sharply higher Thursday afternoon. The Dow up 693 points, 33,995. The NASDAQ up 418 points, 12,907. The S&P up 114 at 4,297. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.